Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Flutter Pod. My name is Mitch, and I'm joined with my good friend David, like usual. What's and up? we have a new guest today, our first guest actually, called Adrian Moisa. And very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. And I just wanted to say, just before uh, we get into the conversation, one of the things I really wanted to do with this Flutter Pod is to actually create a platform for not just us to talk about Flutter, but a platform for other Flutter devs to really put their app out there and put their startups out there because you know flutter is like a platform that we really believe in and i'm always curious to hear about what other uh, developers think about it you know why they chose it and you know help get their app out there and get their business rolling so adrian moise is our first uh, guest on the flutter pod which is really exciting and adrian do you want to just give us a quick introduction about who you are and the app you're making Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for the invitation. <laughs> it's a big pleasure to join you. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, actually looking to meet uh, more people from the Flutter community, and this is a very good, uh, you know, <laughs> channel or approach to manage this. So yeah, few words about me. Not too long, so we don't eat up the valuable time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a uh, full stack developer. I should say mostly focused on the front end so by now i have a decade of experience i've uh, started quite a long time ago with angular in you know the javascript lang- language and the in this web browser environment right and uh, i spent like i think by now nine years almost 10 years with angular so i was there in first version angular 2 when it released then i quickly adopted it and i learned you know typescript and all the fancy stuff that angular 2 um you know provided and since then i try to also jump into other things such as like um continuous development uh, you know and deployment of software like um cloud um services and just like all over the deployment cycle, right? So I'm not just happy in the front end, I also go on the back end side. And I can mention like uh, lately, I've been working in past five years in FinTech sector. So I got mm. quite a, yeah, a good understanding of like how a solid app should be built. And I'd say I had some lessons from there. I observed also some weird practices and yeah, I, I'm always learning. I'm self-learner and I got all this knowledge by experimenting, by reading blogs, tutorials and uh, following such, you know, episodes uh, back in the day. And you know, I'm quite happy if I can manage to pass on some of this knowledge that I collected. So yeah, that's uh, something about my background and uh, my relation to Flutter started um, two years ago. So I was interested to rekindle the light of my <laughs> former startup. Mm-hmm. So I started once again a project that initially failed, learned my lessons, and then started once over. But this time I switched from React Native to Flutter. Ooh. I kept hearing about <laughs> Flutter. Okay. As, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like always, um, I kept hearing this noise, hey, Flutter is up, Flutter down, and so and so. And I thought, okay, sounds like people are going crazy over it. Let's see what's this about, you know? And first I thought, okay, let's just give it a one or two weeks shot just to see if it's worthwhile. And I loved it. (laughs) It was very interesting. There are um, quite some remarkable improvements. And by now I'm completely sold on the idea. Of course, we should all know that uh, there's no silver bullet, so Flutter is not the best for everything. 
But mm. in my particular scenario, it was the tool to choose. So since then, I've been working on this uh, Visual Space app, which will be a social media platform for uh, collaboration between engineering engineers or aspiring engineers, right? So students or even um, young uh, people in high school that want to learn, you know, aspects of software or yeah, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, right? So um, we want to get this kind of crowd together to help them collaborate on projects and uh, to stimulate their, uh, um, you know, like imagination such that they can create new ideas, new devices, or at least learn some of the trades, secrets that they can, they need in their career, right? So that's brief intro. And I can also mm -hmm. mention shortly that uh, prior to this, I had like a um, huge involvement in establishing a so-called community in Next Aurora, which was like a um, community dedicated to aerospace um, mm. enthusiasts, right? So it was uh, triggered by a few factors together. Like well, on one hand, I wanted to create like a community to establish on you know, my um, entry in the teaching, e-learning space. And on the other hand, I wanted to also uh, provide something for the aerospace crowd. So this Nexus Aurora thing turned out to be like a great community that um, generated a 20-page document which participated in the Mars Society competition two years ago for designing a 1 million inhabitants uh, colony on Mars. And wow. uh, it was... Yeah, quite a crazy uh, achievement because out of like, I believe it was 200 uh, participant teams or teams and wow. projects, we managed to stay to take spot number one. And it was like <laughs> almost unbelievable. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yes. So most of the current ideas that I'm currently busy with are coming from that experience, you know, like trying mm. to get everybody together. And I'll share more of the details. But now just... Today, Pick me apart. Just ask any question, and yeah. it gets going. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just had a, I just had a amazing. question about. Yeah, I always, I always get fascinated. You know, you're saying it was like a reboot of a previous uh, attempt at a startup, and I feel like that happens a lot to a lot of people. And so, at the very, very beginning, what was your initial before you did Visual Space? Your previous idea, like, what was the germination of that idea? What was it about? Yeah. Well, that's very interesting because it ties very nicely with uh, what we are trying to achieve today. You know, like uh, we want to help others learn, right? So mm. my first um, incarnation of this idea was uh, centered around education, right? So it still has this heritage today, but in the meantime, I figured out that I need to improve my business uh, plan, right? So how do I want to bootstrap the app? Mm. Now I'm focused more on collaboration rather than starting with education. But early on, I wanted to provide um, a more visually rich, you know, environment where to learn uh, facts about programming. So I would say, like, if you think about Brilliant, it mm. was kind of starting back then. You know, I learned about it after I started um, putting together my own ideas, you know, and I discovered, hey, that kind of looks very similar with what I'm trying to do myself, right? Mm. But it didn't discourage me to continue because I saw like they have a certain um, business plan and I was aiming for something a bit different. Let's just say this way. I was, I'm, 
before starting web app development, I worked a lot as a web developer and uh, as a designer, right? So um, mm. I have like 10 years of web app development, but I can also <laughs> say that I have like 16 years of design. <laughs> so I have long, long track record of creating UX and graphics and design and a great passion for both sides, you know, like I'm half artist, half <laughs> technical mm. person, right? So... For me, it's only natural to always think about solutions that uh, get people excited, both via, you know, cool graphics and also via nice technical insights. That's what I wanted. And for me, aerospace was in the middle, you know, like there's so much potential for cool animation and for cool, you know, uh, insights that uh, are not usually available for the yeah average Joe, let's put it this way. So I was more aiming to create content that had like, a powerful um, pick on like like a lot of visualization, right? So that that was mm -hmm. the core idea, like having visualizations, having um, diagrams that could easily explain new topics, which are like harder to digest when you are uh, a young developer. Say, for example, that you are learning OOP, right? Uh, Object-oriented programming. And this is your first time when you hear about inheritance. This is the first time when you hear about polymorphism, right? All these terms, they are like overwhelming. And for me, it was a particular painful experience because it didn't really start as a uh, uni grad, right? Student. And I, I had like no formal training in this regard. So I kind of learned all by myself. No teachers to assist me or to kind of steer me in the right direction. So... In the early phase, getting into OP was quite a struggle initially, you know, because there was so much abstraction around the topic and every single tutorial was kind of hinting at this example, you know, like you have the animal and then the animal has cat and <laughs> yeah. has dog. It's a classic <laughs> example. Yeah. yeah. And the animal. Why, why do everyone why does everyone use exactly. animal as <laughs> sorry, sorry. Right. <laughs> right. I clicked so, with me because my university like textbook also uses that in my teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry. Exactly. So uh, that's definitely that was also my struggle, you know, like mm -hmm. Okay, so what the cat does in code, right? Because, okay, yeah. <laughs> dog barks. Okay, cool. But how does it work? <laughs> a dog barking code, right? It, it didn't make sense, right? Even now, I think <laughs> back at it and it feels so natural as a senior to say, yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, dog barks. <laughs> it's so easy, right? <laughs> but when you explain this to a beginner, it's not that easy to make this connection, you know, like to realize, mm -hmm. okay, I understand like the practical benefit of doing uh, inheritance or polymorphism, whatever, right? So what I was trying to achieve was to create these nice animations or diagrams that kind of explain it visually, you know, with less mm -hmm. text, more imagery. And... All over the tutorials, I was aiming to introduce these, um, how they are named, like um, tooltips, right? Fancy tooltips with graphics, which would help you quickly understand concepts that uh, were not clear. And then uh, by studying your uh, inputs or like interactions with the text, I was also planning to extract, you know, like to approximate the level of experience that the user has right such that they can start making more fine-tuned requirement uh, recommendations based on his level of understanding right of understanding so one of the cool things that i was planning and it's still like in the plan but it's kind of pushed a bit in the background for now it's this like grand map of knowledge at least mm. in programming right so i would like to have these 
branches with everything that is um, you know, required for a student to understand like a framework. So that ties to my journey in Angular where first I learned about like router and then modules and then components mm -hmm. and then scopes, right? So it kind of felt endless. You know, I was trying to figure out, okay, when is it over? Like, can, do I know Angular now? <laughs> right? so, so that was like the next question. Have I done enough? Is there something that I'm missing, right? And um, yeah, I was trying to create this map of know-how where you could um, trace your journey and kind of adapt it mm -hmm. to your own needs, right? So for example, you'd say like, hey, I want to be a data scientist, you know? And then this map would shift its recommendations depending wow. on your initial inputs. So that, this is still planned. Yes, go ahead, please. You're asking. Oh, sorry, that's a that's a big vision. That's you know, because yeah. I I took a I took like looks on a visual space um the the platform um that Andrean is mm -hmm. building um and it, right right now it, like uh, I I didn't have any prior knowledge in knowing like what the business is about uh but like look at a platform like to me it struck me as a discord for authors that's what like the that's what it struck me and i i i have to say like the ui is really well done um and um however like i i you know i, I want to get in the question of uh, like why you chose flutter for this but before doing that um i you know i just like uh been to like uh, i i just started you know doing entrepreneurship just like you uh you started doing that a long time ago i just started and you know, like I'm in school, so I, I have like the school mentors and stuff. They, you know, they they all tell you about you know the the entrepreneurship like principles, like the business model yeah. canvas, user empathy map, you know, like like value proposition map, so like stuff like that. So now I'm like more more in like the stuff kind of penetrates me. You know, now now I <laughs> sort of think about like whenever I hear 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 about a startup, I mm. think about that, and I, I kind of want to ask you like the question that my mentors asked me. Um, mm. it's just like very simple questions maybe two or three simple questions the first question is um, what's the problem that you're solving Who who's your user and the second question is what's the value you're bringing your users and I feel like if um, I just want to like want to like know and like maybe like have the audience have a good idea on just like you know what your business is proposing yeah great know, question value. No, no, these are absolutely great and that should, like, for these questions, every other business person <laughs> should have, like, a very solid answer, right? So you wouldn't <laughs> be wandering around, right? For me, it's uh, a kind of, like, product of my own discoveries, let's put it this way. So, as I said, like, first stage was, like, this thing of, like, I wanted to fix my own problem of trying to figure out if I know enough mm. about programming, right? So that was, like, the knowledge map. That was problem one that I wanted to solve. It's still in my agenda. It's it's part of my future plans. But in the meantime, I figured out that it has a huge weakness in the sense that this thing can be done only if you have, like, some significant amount of investment initially, right? A huge sum such that you can... Uh, create this content or hire the persons that can create the content you wish to have you mean, on this great so you mean like in order to for the platform to be successful it has to have a lot of content yeah it's like you want to start brilliant so you have tomorrow all this mm -hmm. uh, fancy tooling but uh, no tutorials right who's gonna spend time there right so that's the issue right and then you need to bootstrap this audience it's like the chicken and egg problem everybody is this mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
or analogy. So I figured that this will be my biggest weakness in this regard, right? So I then started reconsidering if this is the way I want to start, you know? So then this thing with the next Aurora happened and there I was uh, active for four to five months heavily active, like it was like 14 hours per day activity there in this uh, community. I was going on Reddit, posting about us, you know, like, hey, we are doing this and that, would you like to join us and so on. So, and then people were coming in, they were landing on the Discord server and they were asking, okay, how can I help? What are you doing here? And so on. So there, in time I started, yeah, seeing the patterns, you know, everybody wants to, first of all, get a breakdown of what's going on in the community, right? Second, they want to understand, what has happened so far? Where can they find the files? Where can they join? What are the requirements? What are the expectations? So, so all this information has to be presented, right? And to be honest, Discord is extremely terrible at this part, right? So onboarding presses, right? So they are mm -hmm. attempting right now to do a bit of a polishing on top of the existing channels, but from my point of view, it's like not the greatest way they are doing it right now with the onboarding, you know, scheme of, yeah, choose these channels if you want this and choose those channels if you want that, right? I saw the issue was the following. So people were coming in, they were asking for like access to files, right? So I had to maintain a Google Drive and this Google Drive was unwieldy because I had so many folders inside. We had to create conventions, not everybody was abiding by them. And we had lots of meetings trying to figure out how to manage it. Second thing that happened was that many people were promising to help out, you know, and in time I started realizing that this is like this uh, excitement, initial excitement <laughs> that everybody has, you know, like, ah, yeah, I'm gonna do this and that. <laughs> and then like two days later, half of the crowd is gone, right? So <laughs> that was hard to administer this situation, right? So I was like going and giving access rights and then seeing that people were not active, removing them, updating lists. It was a lot of manual hassle, right? And then like next thing was the following. So I got people that were excited, were talking, were chatting together, right? And see what was happening is that they were producing nice uh, inside content contributions, lots of renders. I had like, by now I have a folder where I think we have hundreds of renders for this project, right? 3D graphics done in Blender or whatever they use, you know, and some of them exceptional quality, right? Many of them just sketch up level, but others were like, high quality and the trouble was that like everybody was happy to share them on the chats but that was it right so i was taking this thing from chats push it to reddit push it to social media right give credit to the authors set up you know um, links back to the server and there was this cycle of like back and forth right so that was taking a lot of effort to maintain right so at some point i got so many people in that they were draining my marketing time right my pr time and then when PR stops, then you stop seeing new faces, new activity, and like it feels that it's cooling down, which is always happening. It's cooling down, but the important part is to keep pouring, you know, more and more um, members in the community such that at least those that are like the one percenters, right? that's how I ended up calling them, one percenters, meaning those that are actually really interested in the uh, objective of the community. Yeah, that's the least, in the in business we talk we we call them early adopters. That's a fancy yes. name. Fancy early name. adopters, or <laughs> in in our case, was like people willing to spend their time and you know energy in our project, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, but I mean, like 
uh, what's the so I, I guess like going back to my question, my question mm-hmm. is so, like, could you like in, like in two sentences, in one or two sentences, describe like, who what's the problem that you're solving, and yeah, so who, who are you solving the problem for, and what value are you bringing them? Yeah, so problem is that um, maintaining, managing, and marketing a community is difficult stuff, especially if you are expecting members to contribute. So if members are expected to input their energy into the community, then you have to do a lot of uh, mm-hmm. peer-to-peer communication, right? So that's very mm-hmm. difficult. And this is where your energy is wasted. That's like the thing I was explaining. And basically, my proposal is that we need a set, a set of tools that are all integrated. And mm-hmm. it's not like Notion, because Notion, it is already, but then you you are lacking the marketing part out of Notion. And Notion, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or if you use, say, for example, Mastodon, then you are lacking some other parts, right? So all these together in one single uniform package, right? So you got mm-hmm. your posts, your discussions, your documents, your events, your goals, your homepage, everything is in one set. Everything is synchronized to one single set of activities. So once you learn the activities, then you know where to find the files and so on. It's far more easier to find these round, right? And it um, the value it brings is that it saves a lot of time from the maintainers and coordinators of the community, right? So mm-hmm. they will not have to do this manual, you know, drudgery. So they can actually focus on the important stuff, which is like creating bounds between, uh, not bounds, bonds <laughs> between mm-hmm. community members, right? Making them meet together and join in their projects, right? So that's like the core of this community. And one feature that I'm particularly excited about is this ability to take, you know, uh, input from the discussions and share it straight away in the posts network, right? So where people mm-hmm. are just reading their feeds, you know? So activity that is like secluded in the discussions can end up published in the posts and then if it's exposed and it gets, you know, traction, then it can get more members contributing, you know, rushing mm-hmm. in the community. So it's a mix of like all these tools together. And the fancy way of summarizing it is like Office 365 for <laughs> influencers. <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. So, so that's how I could summarize. Now I have a now I have a better idea on on what this um platform is. And um yeah, before before I want like before I I guess like ask you about like further specific stuff. Like, do you have mm-hmm. any questions, Mitch, for for Andre? Yeah, yeah. Just um going off of sort of the question that David asked. Um, have you? Oh, by the way, David, do you know about Brilliant.org? Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, I I thought Brilliant.org is more like a more like a single direction like like sort of like Khan mm. Academy kind of type. Yeah, so that was, that was the question I had. Um, because yeah, after you spoke more about it, I kind of trying to get a more clearer understanding of your of your product. And it seems like the question I had was, you know, for for example, like Brilliant.org, the content it's more like a course style where the content's generated yeah. by one mm-hmm. like entity, and then the users basically enroll and then they, um, you know, consume that content and learn. Um, it seems like with your visual space, it seems much more of like a like a platform for like a much more social experience. So is the user, is it more of like a user-generated content situation? Kind of like, 
like for example youtube like youtube doesn't produce any videos right like the users of youtube yep. actually can produce the videos so uh, you were mentioning about your google drive where you had a lot of contributors um with the 3d graphics and and that kind of stuff so like a user of visual space um are they sort of expected to to create content for the platform as well yes actually we would like to encourage and uh, reward such activities you know so right plan we we are planning ahead a system where like content is uh at random generated right like people just generate content some with more skills some with less skill right and we do want to introduce the ux that will guide you know talented gifted authors to strive to improve their content to earn this so-called gold source right or gold standard mm -hmm. level of content and this once it's rated like gold standard meaning that it's of a top quality it gets into this system of the know-how map right so the reward being that once you are in the know-how know-how map you're going to get a lot of traffic like hitting spot number one on google right so that's like number one reward for striving to have this kind of content and then like once you know your community gets established and say you are like passionate let's say about aerospace and you want to do something about engines right to to explain the types of engines open cycle closed cycle you know and all this stuff right so if you manage to put together this nice article which gives a cool breakdown and has like cool visual visualization everybody can retreat right then it gets this rating of gold standard and once it's gold standard then it becomes one of the puzzle pieces that can be assembled automatically by the platform to generate streams of courses if users choose to follow the courses route i myself am not the courses you know um uh, person i would like to always check the stuff that I am interested in today you know like today I want to do date picker then I'm going to study date picker you know I'm not going to spend my time doing this and that that was always my fashion of learning so I want to have this possibility where you can discover at random right cool stuff if it's gold rated then you are always going to find great stuff but if you feel like okay I want to do the angular journey okay then just follow this line and you can do the angular journey and in this angular journey you wouldn't have only one author that gets the entire journey done by him you'd have all the authors getting the best of their ability to explain you polymorphies to explain you modules to explain you webpack and all this stuff right so it's a contribution of the entire community and whoever gets mm. to do the best content for this particular topic then steals the spot right gets number one so that's okay, like the reward system and just a small note like for for those that are actually quite into this stuff and they're successful and they manage to get you know communities around them then of course we will also have this um support you know uh feature where you can do or either one-time donation or recurrent donations right so similar to patreon or what mm -hmm. youtube is doing with the join and actually all these platforms are now adopting this uh recurrent plot recurring contribution model so yeah th that's the general you know setup of how yeah mm. um i i've uh i heard you you mentioned that you want to uh you know like have your content to be discovered by social or by by search engines you know like search engines can like pick up mm. maybe the number one post and you know obviously uh flutter is nowhere good on search engine optimizations and on 
the I think in the newest roadmap, the Flutter team specifically mentioned that search engine optimization is not、mm. something that they're gonna be focusing on. So、yeah. I was wondering how how you're gonna solve that problem in terms、yep. of yeah having your content to be picked up by、um, you know search engines. That's、uh, definitely a top question. Like、uh, it was also kind of nagging me for a while, trying to figure out. Okay, so what's the plan ahead, right? Because it seems to be a yeah <laughs> no go situation, right?、Um, so I also did my own research. I understood. Okay, so you can pick up between HTML or Canvas renderer, but the HTML one is not going to create you, you know, top of the line SEO content. So definitely, it's not a solution. SSR is not a option, so you cannot render it via Flutter, you know, straight away, and then get some bot to crawl it. So that kind of left me with the current idea, which has to be yet proven, right? But、uh, my assumption is that、um, if your user is logged in, then you direct him to the Flutter app, right? And he can consume it in Flutter environment. But if you get one of these users that is not logged in and most likely a crawl bot or whatever, then you direct him to the SSR, which is rendered by whatever library you fancy, right? Mustache、okay. or whatever, right? So you can generate these pages. Google bot can read them. You can index the content and then assume, okay, this URL is going to provide you these words, and that's the general topic. And from、mm. here on, it's the general SEO story, right? So that's the escape hatch that I see ahead for this problem, and it's a big、okay. one because yeah. yeah, that's a oh yeah, sorry, that's actually a really good idea. You know, I I've been because I've been thinking about you know search engine optimizations, and I was thinking, okay, we、uh, we just have to maybe use some like service side rendering to to just. Get them to get this problem solved, and maybe like, just for like in terms of Flutter, um, because your site has to be able to have URLs, right? You have different、yeah. URLs for different resources, different、yeah. communities, and the user ha- the users have two different ways to share the URLs. They could press the share button you provide in in your UI, or they could just copy the link. Or on their、yep. mobile version, they could press you know the iOS. They ha- it has a share button,、mm. um, and that would just share whatever the link that's currently in the URL bar, which may or may not be the link that you would like them to share, which may or may not be the link that it's gonna direct them to a service I render you know backend,、um, yep. and when they when they share it to their social media, like say you know like Twitter or whatever,、um, Discord. Uh, you want to be able to have the title and the metadata and the 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 icons and the images, right? You want to be able to show all that,、um, to have like a rich link tag or a rich link like card.、Um, so maybe like what I'm hearing is that、uh, you want to create a a backend first, and that be like the entry point for any user for any、mm-hmm. whatever agent that's requesting for your site, and you you check the the you check the user agent、uh, header. Um and if it's a like if it's a browser, then you provide the Flutter bundle, and、yeah. if it's not a browser, then you like you query your database and get the information. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, so, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, just wanted to say like, not only if it's a bot, but、uh, you also get the benefit of like dodging this problem of like downloading the big bundle. Right、mm-hmm. when a new user comes in, so if he's not logged in, then you can easily serve him this、uh, HTML that's, that's generated thing. That's a good、thing. idea. It's gonna、oh. be fast, right? 
half a second, whatever, right? Depends on like how good is your server. And usually you should be able to do it. And therefore there, I don't really care to have like all these feeds of data, you know, who's online, who's doing this, who's marking that, because he's not being, um, the page is not interactive to the mm. fullest, right? You get the links, you get the- it's like a landing nice, page. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like HTML and then like, it's oh, going to work also for users fast, right? Mm. So that's something that is probably a very good solution, I assume. Mm. It's it's yet to be tested. But how are you going to detect if they're logged in, though? Well, I mean, like, technical part, I'm still researching. So here I cannot say, like, straight away, hey, I'm going to do this and that. You know, like, this is where I'm still in the phase of, like, trying to put the puzzle together. Right now I'm, like, spending heavy time in like patching up my side of the UX and UI and like just leaving the uh, existing team into the UI part. Mm. They just want to focus completely for the next four to five months only on server side, getting these, you know, architecture choices figured out. By now I have some ideas in my head of how do I want to put up together this server. Um, as for getting this information, I do have to do a bit of research to figure out exactly how this is going to be detected if the user is logged in or not, but I guess it's going to involve some sort of, you know, local storage solution where you keep your, you know, tokens and then you can get the token and okay, that user is logged in and yeah. serve him the Flutter bundle and so on. So yeah. um, I guess yeah, it's I don't... that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I was just saying, I, I don't have like right now the exact steps that I would take, you know, step by step how to do it, but it's more or less, yeah, just mm -hmm. a bit of research and then you put them together so yeah mm. I've been more or less thinking about this problem as well I, I don't have a lot of user content like I don't have like that much user content as in like infinite user content as in I don't have I only have finite number of links that I, I want in, in my app Um, so mm -hmm. I don't have the problem of I, I want any user to be able to, be able to generate a link and shareable and to be, mm. be able to be yeah. picked up by, by a search engine bot Um. But still, I, I've been thinking about, you know, how do I make a link search engine and social media card friendly? Um, mm. So, um, but but then, you know, I, I still want to be able to have like login uh, yeah. with they or yeah, but um, for my specific case, I don't require for the backend to, de to detect whether the user has login or not, because if the user isn't logged in, they can still use my app. Um, but I guess for, for your app, it's like a requirement to log in. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Um, it, it's, it seems like the only, the, the best solution would be that just like when, when you, I don't know what login provider you use, maybe Firebase. Um, I did experiment a bit with Firebase, but I came to the conclusion that I don't want to use it. So I'm going to probably use some identity management service, possibly something either provided by DigitalOcean, or maybe I'll do a bit of research to see if there's something that I want to choose from existing, you know, standalone tools. Definitely like not going to roll. Yeah. Like an open source tool? Yeah. Like again, a... like this is part where I'm heavily involved in research, I cannot say like, hey, I'm going to choose this or that, but I know for sure, like, I will definitely want to use a solution that has been already established by a big vendor. I don't mm. want to take the risk of like uh, rolling something by myself, right? Because that's not going to be uh, great for keeping security tight. And uh. um, 
So what's the downside of like what? Why do you not want to use Firebase? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting uh, topic. I had initially I was sold completely sold on the idea when I first uh, discovered. So I basically learned about Firebase almost at the same moment as learning about Flutter. Oh, by the and... way, we're talking about auth. We're talking about just auth, like yeah. just authentication. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why not using their version? You mean? Or like why why not using like Firebase auth to handle like login? Yeah, because basically I'm not gonna use Firebase at all. So therefore, if I'm not using Firebase, I would better, you know, set up something that is compatible with my own system. So I will go the solution on the route of like creating my own VPS with my own, you know, Golang services, microservice architecture, and inside of it, I I am still researching which OAuth solution to use there. Right. Oh, so okay, gotcha. Identity management. Uh, solution right now there are several options but at the moment i wouldn't want to do any recommendations that use this <laughs> or use that right mm-hmm. all i can say is that uh, for the moment i'm not planning to use firebase and uh, re- there are like several reasons why i reached this conclusion and they are tied to the fact that i'm expecting a high volume of like content and uh, discussions and posts and images and all sorts of stuff right so i expect that if this business is to be successful and self-reliant on its own finances you know not just like burning investor money right so making some cash then it will need to provide um pages to millions of viewers right Mm. so millions per month otherwise you don't have a budget and your business closes that's like minimal just to maintain you know current expenses and pay the team and give the you know yearly growth salary and all this stuff right you you need to take care of the finances not just like stretch you know somebody's will to work with you right so therefore you need to plan ahead for uh, some good cash flow at least in this particular project and therefore i do expect that this will have to um, go through a lot of traffic and in that case firebase kind of doesn't look that great because you could easily you know like get so much um oper- so many operations that your bill increases very high right so That's say for true. example i want to do a migration then there's no escape hatch from firebase regarding migrations right mm-hmm. so they don't um uh, spare you on this side so in my case having like expectation that i will manage millions or even billions of documents <laughs> migration is going to be costly i don't want to take this uh, you know, mm-hmm. burden upon myself because that's going to lock me in, right? It's called vendor locked in, lock in. And everybody knows that vendor lock in is something you either accept or run away from. And for me, it's like run away. It, I cannot stay there, right? Mm-hmm. So then... Yeah, the... uh, yeah. sorry. sorry. I, I just, I, I like to point out that like in my in, in my experience, like right now for my app, I'm using my, my own backend, also written in Golang. Uh, I've had my like uh, services deployed to AWS, uh, but I'm using I'm not I I'm using a third party auth service. Like I'm like yeah. separating the auth service out, and I have been using Firebase auth and it's been working great. The only reason I stopped using it is that Firebase doesn't work in China. <laughs> That's the, oh, the okay, only reason see. I stopped. And you see, know I'm from see. China and I have like a lot of resources in terms of like marketing in China, um, mm-hmm. so I would definitely like to take advantage of that. And having Firebase not being able to, you know, uh, like operate in China, that's like a big problem for me. Uh, 
but I think China is like the only exception. Um, since there's no Google infrastructure in China, it's, it's been censored by the government. But I mean, um, I I feel like the, yes, like if you go with Firebase Auth, uh, you're definitely gonna get vendor lock in for sure. But Firebase Auth is like completely free though. It's like free of charge. There's like no charge except for phone authentication. That's the only like place that you are charged. Mm. Except that, like, you're only charged like after I think like ten thousand phone like verification yeah. per month. So I think it's like super yeah. cheap. Um, so I I would I would actually like recommend you like outsourcing authentication to Fire Firebase, like not not using Fire Firestore, like mm. not not using Cloud Firestore, not using Firebase mm -hmm. real time database. Uh, that is really expensive. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Your bill could jack up really high. But I mean, yeah, like, Firebase auth is pretty cheap. It's it's free. <laughs> correct, correct. So I, I think it's worth making this this distinction, you know, because I don't want to say things that people will consider like uh, advice that they should follow for their own apps. You know, like there's this uh, you know like measurement of scale. How big should your app you know grow, and how much mm. traffic do you expect, right? So here, in my own particular case, it's a social media app. It's like it's supposed to be heavily uh, involved in large amounts of traffic. Otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable. You know, I'm not going to do, you know, good in terms of revenue if I have like just 100,000 users per month. That's not going to sustain the company, right? So it, it needs to have like millions of visitors per month to be sustainable. In that case, you easily stumble in all sorts of like... Um, dead ends when it comes to free plans from Firebase <laughs> or whoever, right? So say, okay, uh, you have 10,000 phone uh, authentication. Okay, I can easily go to 100,000 if I need, right? Mm -hmm. so it's not <laughs> going to help me. And then there's this push notification service and okay, so now I'm involved with Firebase, but I have to do this and that. It's not going to work out, right? So <laughs> I have mm -hmm. all sorts of restrictions I had. But then be aware, like I'm saying it for my own use case. Now we have to be aware that most users that are probably listening to us are developing like mobile phone apps, which are like, I don't know for sure how many users, but I do reckon that most would be happy with a hundred thousand per month, right? Or even less. And in that case, Firebase is actually a great setup. You know, it's like definitely the way to go forward. And if Firebase is not making you happy, then there's app, right? right? You can self-host it. And then it's even less of a cost. Although I understand that they don't have push notification and they are still, you know, developing some parts of their code base. But overall, for like your typical mobile project, I would say Firebase or backend as a service, whatever is great solution. <laughs> yeah, everyone That's... has like their own use yeah. case. I, I just like I yeah. just uh, like from my experience, because like uh, I, I assume that like if you just like do do OAuth and like no phone authentication, just like OAuth. Uh, mm -hmm. like Firebase is like actually completely free and uh, how you get your Firebase client or the, your client that uses Firebase authentication to communicate with your backend that's written in Go is that you simply get a auth token and auth like that's a J J JWT token and on Firebase for Firebase they have like a Golang SDK and that, that verifies the token gets the user ID uh, and that's that's pretty much how, how you communicate yeah it's been working well, I I guess for me, because <laughs> it's like completely free. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I eventually had to like migrate to Superbase, which is a, a like kind of like app right uh, that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, but but yeah, but uh, I I do want to like um you know like move on to like 
Flutter and you know talk about uh you know Flutter and you know why you chose Flutter, um, so like just like on a really high level, um, like why did you choose Flutter over React Native? You like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That what what advantages that like why why do you think that, you know you didn't stick with React Native, as like you know when you wanted to continue your project and instead looked for Flutter. Yeah, yeah I'd love to know about that. Different. Absolutely happy to mm -hmm. oblige. Like, mm -hmm. was a uh, initially very open question. Like, just following the word of the, <laughs> like, just following the general trend is not usually your best uh, solution. So I had to do some research to figure it out. Best research if you try it yourself, right? So in the early days, I noticed. Okay, so I see Dart has quite a strong typing system, right? Compared mm -hmm. to JS plus TypeScript, it's like way way ahead of it in terms of like how reliable it is, right? Mm. So that was like observation number one. I mean, like there's a simple distinction here. Maybe you are familiar with JS plus TypeScript, but I'll just explain it simply. So when you have like a TypeScript project, you actually have support for static checking in the IDE, right? And then mm. there's this transpilation project where process where like your TypeScript gets transpiled to JavaScript code and then you get this like weird looking source code, right? And mm -hmm. um, the thing is that you lose the types there, right? So at runtime, you are like uh, butt naked, right? So you don't have <laughs> type safety in the sense that you have it in Dart, right? Dart is able to figure it out at static checking and also at runtime, right? So he will spot your issues there. And that was like straight away uh, important improvement number one compared to JS plus this, right? Plus TypeScript. So I've been working long enough with TypeScript to know exactly how to trick it into doing whatever I need it to do. But I know that is also a weakness when you have all mm -hmm. these exploits, right? So mm -hmm. why a weakness? I mean, like, I'm not thinking about security that much more of a weakness in uh, guaranteeing maintainability of the code, right? Because this is like, if you ask me what's my uh, word number one when it comes to software development, I'm going to tell you maintainability. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what I care the most. And uh, JavaScript plus TS is quite easily subverted. You know, you can easily screw it up and people do have a habit to place any, you know, in TypeScript and then you don't have any type safety or <laughs> you are forced That's true. to place any because TypeScript is not yet having the correct definitions for certain uh, libraries, right? So yeah, tough luck. It's not the case in uh, Dart plus Flutter. This is a huge change and I do enjoy this part. Then another significant change was simply the ease of getting started, right? So in Flutter, you don't have to learn the internal library that puts together everything to get it running. You know, in the earlier versions of Angular or React, you had to know a lot about Webpack, you know? So it was quite a overhead to learn how Webpack works. And it was like a very, um, difficult to understand system if you are new to it, right? So there were like all these, you know, pipes and stuff that you have to assemble together to get your files. And of course you could use a create uh, app repositories or tool, you know, you could create it via some sort of a generator and then that hides the details from you. But very often you'd have to turn back to your webpack config and do something in there, even if it was generated, right? So that's mm. kind of annoying. And here in Flutter, 
I never had to touch this thing, right? So it was very convenient. I don't have to deal with this part. Then uh, setting up the EDA was very straightforward. Connecting to the phone was straightforward, you know, co good connection. Android Studio works very well with this part. And um, most important, build times are very much improved. So in Angular, I was used to wait sometimes five minutes to see, you know, a wow. build running from starting the app to the build running here. I usually expect less than a minute, half a minute sometimes, mm. right? <laughs> Depends on your machine and whatever, but usually it's under a minute and that's a significant improvement, right? So if I have to demo For that, sure. then I type the command, wait a bit, and then it's running. <laughs> that's good. So. These are already significant uh, reasons for me to change towards Flutter, right? But then I also learned about this thing about, okay, it's doing it in Canvas. It requires this Kia engine. It has gotchas on the mobile. So it's still like a tough choice to make, you know, in certain regards. And some people would argue that it is like BS solution. Well, <laughs> yeah, depends on what you are looking for, right? Because let's just be aware of my context or whoever is using Flutter's context, right? Context being that you are a startup, you don't have that much money, right? So you want to be able to access these platforms which have valuable clients, iOS, or you want to go to Linux or you want to do some Windows stuff, right? It's mm -hmm. not accessible for you to start developing in all these platforms for each one of them to do native code, right? So for mm -hmm. me, it was absolutely mandatory to have as many platforms as possible in order to succeed in this uh, startup. So Flutter is like no-brainer choice for me, even with the gotchas that it has, right? Mm -hmm. I still get the benefit. And then uh, there might be the question of like, okay, so you chose Flutter and then what if you stumble on this one? What if you stumble on that? Well, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, if I manage to become successful as a business and I have, you know, like, let's say turnover of like, I don't know, half a million per year, per month, or maybe one million. I don't know. That's like dreaming right now for me, mm -hmm. but let's just say it's happening this way. Well, okay. Then I'm going to invest in creating, you know, native clients for these platforms and start migrating away from Flutter. If that is the case, right? Cause that's what like the big tech companies do the moment they have like something successful, they will you know, create a native app for it. It's like best performance. It's like fastest loading time, all this stuff, right? Greatest experience. But that can be done by big tech. I'm not a big tech. I'm a small tech, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so Flutter is like a huge improvement in my life, you know, like oh, definitely mm -hmm. I want to make use of it. So yeah, I mean, like to those that say that Flutter is like a poor choice or it has like a broken foundation, yeah, well, good for you. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, yeah, yeah. In terms of the Happy. app that you are building, uh, which is a content app, um, specifically, and there have been like a lot of discussions around you know this recently on you know what is the app that Flutter is good at building and what is what what are the apps that mm. Flutter is not good at building. Um, you know, I I had an opinion previously about that Flutter is good at building interactive, you know, like like a web app type. And if you're not building a web what web app you should you should, you know, go back to 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 like uh to to you know JavaScript, like whatever framework you, you have for JavaScript. And but recently though, I I watched a video uh by this guy super uh this guy from Superlist. 
Um, mm-hmm. he's by the way, he's also making a, a rich text editor. I think he's from like super list, like this. I think this also for their startup. They they're they're working on this uh super editor. They also have a YouTube bit. channel. Um mm-hmm. and he was he he has some like really strong opinions about Flutter being like it should should be like it should not you you should not like say that oh Flutter is only good at this and or you should not say that Flutter should only be good at this or mm-hmm. but not that. Because his his like idea was that you know like like Flutter is supposed to be this like true cross platform solution, right? Flutter is for like you know small tech like us. We want to have, write one code base and it just runs everywhere. And right now we're like we're sort of putting like a like a barrier if we say that Flutter is only good for web apps, not for like content heavy apps. So I think you know like, I think he is absolutely right. Like Flutter should be good at like content heavy apps. Uh, but that being said, Flutter is not currently good at that in some regards because you know the load time is long and stuff. Um, mm. Like, what do you what do you think about like watching? I guess like the current you know, the the latest updates from Flutter. You know, like uh, Flutter forward and stuff. Like, what do you have? Mm. Are you are you more confident in the Flutter's future, or uh, are you thinking about just using Flutter in the short term, maybe like a few years, and then still switching to native? Like for you, it would be like switching to browser native. Yeah. What's your planning? Yeah, well, that's uh, again a great question here. I'm looking a bit in the crystal ball. I cannot be <laughs> quoted as having the truth here, but I do believe there's a uh, great potential in the Flutter architecture. And I do believe that there are ways of making this work beyond just like interactive web apps and also going into content publishing, but that would require big consensus from everybody. And that's hard to make, mm-hmm. right? So this is where like you have some trouble. Um, I would say for now, you need to be pragmatic in the sense that, okay, first you need to care for your business, right? If your business, if your business needs SEO, then yeah do tread carefully in Flutterland, right? Because <laughs> if you need SEO, then there's a lot of hassle to deal with. And maybe Flutter is definitely not your number one choice. But if you're doing interactivity, stuff that is like similar to Slack, similar to Microsoft Office, to Discord, to Miro, whiteboards, right? Uh, in anything that is collaborative stuff, right? Flutter is great for this, you know? It's like great mm-hmm. environment to do this kind of stuff. And... I would say like there's no immediate rush for me to go to other solutions, mm-hmm. but there are definitely some, let's say, um, bottlenecks around, right? I mean, I can notice that when I run the Flutter build in mobile, if I run some of the heavier pages, they kind of, you know, struggle a bit. If it's mm-hmm. like mobile Chrome, right? They struggle a bit and you need to be very um, aware of your performance bottlenecks and that usually requires quite some experience to handle them True. properly and that's where like flutter has a bit of a you know let's say problem and i believe it's going to require some significant engineering effort from the like os providers and flutter developers to make mm-hmm. it work better right for sure and i would say I mean, like, there are ways to overcome this, but as I say, like, it requires uh, skilled labor, right? So it's not that easy to make your uh, app that performant. Like, for me, there was noticeable um, 
you know, junk in animation in certain places on mobile browser. Of course, that shouldn't be my main concern, but it's one of the concerns, right? Definitely the same kind of app I know from experience. If I did it in Angular or React in a light way, then it would be way more performant, right? In that particular scenario. So there is some, uh, let's say, catch up to do with native performance. And I'm not entirely convinced that it's even possible to match it, you know? Because there's like, whenever you have like a middle layer that requires more compute, right? So it's mm -hmm. gonna slow you down. But overall, I would say it's a great tool to get your business started, right? Mm -hmm. So getting your business started, survival, that's mission number one. Then let's do the survival fancy stuff. Key. Right? Yeah, I yeah, mean like that's key, key, right? My first startup died, so it left me with the depression and then with the realization, okay, I need to <laughs> concern myself with survival <laughs> and then other stuff, right? So, survival yeah. is key. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's, yeah. that's really good point. That's really good point. Like we can, we can forget about like, like technical details, but the, the main thing is just to keep, you know, keep working on your business and like your, if your, if your business survives, then like you can do future improvements to make it better. But if that, if it dies, it dies. <laughs> Absolutely. And mm -hmm. if it dies, at least you learn something. So True, you should yes. stay positive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I think it's worth noting. This is something that I can use the occasion to just say like, hey, don't just read the, you know, news about success for startups because that's like easy to sell. But behind every one successful startup, probably there's like a hundred or a thousand unsuccessful ones, mm -hmm. right? We don't learn these stories. And then we are somewhat ill-prepared for failure to deal with it and accept it in our lives, right? Because we are so pressured to learn, to, to, to you know, do the successful thing and get it done fast and so on. And then it puts a huge strain in your, you know, mindset to allocate the resources, to keep doing the stuff that is requiring so much energy, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, just like, we need to be tough and have the grit to continue through all of this. I know it's sometimes overwhelming to learn all this stuff about Flutter, but I think it gives us a lot of benefits. So I think it's For worthwhile sure. our effort and time. One of the great ways to sort of validate your own idea even and prove it to yourself is just to have uh, users, right? Other people that actually use it. And I was just curious, like for your visual space app right now how many like how many users do you have if if any and well, maybe what's your goal like, for you know in this coming year in terms of that yeah yeah so at the moment it has like zero users to put it this way it's like in read-only mode uh, if you visit the website itself um we do strive with yeah our best will power to make it live until let's say mid of summer somewhere august let's say beginning of september something like this it should be live by then and i've already started making efforts to create a community around our you know little project and i'm doing this right now by intensive networking so i started this discord server where i kind of help other flutter people you know find their ways in flutter community and how to fix their flutter you know um projects and there I can uh, sometimes help out by joining some meeting and explaining stuff right so just before we joined this uh, call I had like hours ago a meeting in the server we had almost 30 to 40 people joining and we were discussing co clean code practices right so I'm sharing my know-how 
I'm sharing it here. I'm sharing it there, right? And mm. my hope is to build, you know, strong connections with the community, make some friendships, like get my f first early adopters in this ecosystem. Maybe if not adopters, at least evangelists, right? People that mm -hmm. know me and know my mission and they do aspire that I, um, you know, succeed and they they wish me best luck ahead you know and they they kind of are willing to watch my back you know while for example i take a nap i sleep right then at least somebody's out there watching for maybe there's some issue on life and then i need to learn about it quickly right now i don't have the financing power to maintain a remote team on the other side of the world right so having some friends on the web is useful in this regard and that's basically first step of growing right just getting these initial friends on the web and people that know your story and people that uh, at least want you to succeed right and for this i trade my own time a little slice of it each weekend right so we meet every saturday 4 p.m utc right so that's the time slot spent two hours together and we discuss everything there and by now we have like a group that is growing i see more and more action there and makes me really happy you know i i'm confident that people are observing our effort and on each of these meetings i do take advantage and mention briefly what we are doing and why is it and sometimes i even use the code base as sample code for our discussions such that i can provide real use case of what i'm talking about right when i explain some learning um, or teaching something right so that's one way to get started but um, on the long run i will need to set up a far more sophisticated marketing strategy which involves like also hiring some people in this regard you know like um, having somebody effectively all day long concerned with how do I make this brand more aware. So for this, we want to establish partnerships with teams and uh, projects from universities, such as like, for example, in Zurich here, they have all sorts of cool projects like um, quadruped dog, uh, concrete 3D printer and so on and so on, right? So they want to attract more students to their own labs, their own uh, university, right? And therefore, I could make, you know, such engagement with these universities that I can provide an online uh, shop front for their, you know, projects. And these are various ways I can collaborate. So it will require a lot of networking, a lot of door-to-door, um, -door, you know, from university to university or from uh, online team to online team. Also contacting influencers that have, like, these kind of collaborative projects. Say, for example, Copenhagen Suborbitals is one, you know, ideal candidate for me. They are doing this, you know, um, crowdsource rocket. So some of this stuff could be opened up in the um, public. Of course, not all of it because there's legislation, but they could get more support by, you know, providing more insights about what's happening there, right? So my mission would be to find such projects, companies, teams, and get them, you know, interested in sharing more of their in-house know-how as much as they can without sacrificing ip right and yeah i i'll need to do a lot of legwork to get it done right so it's not going to be an easy process i do expect a lot of effort and as expectations of how many users i see happening well my target number one is reaching 100k users right so that's target number one and in a do you think you can like achieve that target within this year 
uh, it's hard to say. It depends. I mean, it would be possible, but uh, it requires ideal circumstances, right? So everything working very smooth, which I don't really count upon because I learned that nothing actually happens on plan. <laughs> Always <laughs> you have some issue. So there's also the given fact that right now I'm also financing the project and I'm doing so by, you know, uh, doing a nine to six job. So I'm going my regular schedule, you know, doing my own work at the office where I just like, you know, earn my cash. And then like in the evenings and weekends, I do the other stuff, right? So for this to make it happen, then I had to hire some uh, students that I taught them how to do this stuff. So we have over one year together and it's like, I'm trying to get some revenue from here, move it to here, but that takes time, right? So mm -hmm. half of my availability is gone. And therefore, when I plan stuff, I have to be aware that I cannot do it all of it in one mm -hmm. shot. So that's why I would say it would be ideal if I can hit this number by end of year, but in a realistic scenario, maybe it's going to be next summer if I hit it. And I, I, if I, I hit... Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. And if I hit this one, then I know it's not going to die, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, for me, it's mental threshold when I know, okay, this is at least worthwhile, you know, investing more time into it. And I'm quite convinced that this is going to happen. You know? Like I, I see a lot of connections between what I do and what's happening out there. So I know for sure it's almost guaranteed to function as long as I have the correct marketing done, right? The right mm -hmm. approach to marketing, networking, and sales. Mm -hmm. I would say that like even if your app has a hundred users, that's that's a that's a win. That's a big success. Like I feel like a hundred thousand. That's that's like at a hundred thousand users. I'm not I'm not sure what what we're talking about. Like monthly active, weekly active, um, monthly. Let's monthly active. Monthly. Yes. Monthly active. Mm -hmm. A hundred thousand users monthly active is a lot of users. <laughs> we're talking about right. Yep. <laughs> I felt like at that point you're like that's that's you like you're like successful at that point. Yeah, you know? huge you success. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a huge that's a success. But I'm saying that I I think even if you have like a hundred users, that's success. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have yeah, let's say a hundred a hundred weekly a hundred weekly active users, that's a big success. That's a big win. Um, but uh, I I was thinking like you mentioned that you're gonna have your app released in um uh, mid summer. So that's your estimation. Estimation, yeah. um, estimation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that hits me like that's like that's a, that's really far away. That's like that's a long time. Like, do you plan to maybe release the MVP before that? Like, no, that's actually like... MVP. That's, <laughs> that's the MVP. MVP. Okay, that's MVP. Uh, the scale of this particular app is like uh, I would say you'd label it as moonshot project you know like most people would just dismiss it right away and they would say like yeah this guy is crazy it's not gonna happen you know case wow. that's what most people that i talk with kind of reach to the conclusion right because they, they they don't see the connections that i am seeing for myself right i have very few people in my entourage that actually understand the project and do see the connections that are laid out ahead and by having spent like countless hours and days and days of like debating this project, they saw the, the, the grand picture and I have confirmation that they understand it. I understand it. Mm -hmm. you know, like it, it all makes sense in, 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 in its entirety. So right now there's like already 50 K lines of code written by us for the core. Wow. And 
an additional 20k lines of code that are under our maintenance for this open source rich text editor so i forked quill mm -hmm. <laughs> i forked it because it was like mm -hmm. in my way of like trying to develop software i had to refactor it almost from ground up so there was such an effort that it delayed us by half a year already uh, but it was worthwhile because now we have like full capability to do uh, live text editing and actually do it the right way with all mm -hmm. the stuff required sure, to yeah. make it happen and lots mm -hmm. of fancy features built on top of it um, the thing is that i've been struggling very hard to keep trimming down the mvp to the bare essentials mm -hmm. but not too much that it doesn't make sense you know because if i go I only with the posts then it's just a reddit clone if i go with mm. the chats it's just a discord clone nobody's coming mm, it's gonna come in. so i need some you know bulk meat on the bone otherwise it's not a valid offer right mm, so mm, okay yeah that's yeah. why i think in that's like fair. half a year further it's like a lot of development to be done and this is just the seedling what we are trying to build i guesstimate that it is gonna go beyond half a million lines of code you know like wow. the stuff that Whoa. we want to build is requiring a lot more effort ahead of us. You know, it's going to require a lot more hands on deck, a lot more, you know, um, stuff to be developed. It's like an entire platform with an entire ecosystem. So when I said like Office 365 for influencer, that's the description, you know. Mm -hmm. But for now, we have to have just like, let's say, Word and Excel and <laughs> be happy <laughs> with it. <laughs> that that right? sounds like a huge target, you know. Like yeah. I really want to see succeed. Like I really want to. Oh, by the way, like we we mentioned that you uh, you forked Quill. Like that's actually like I I before coming to the podcast, I actually want to like mm -hmm. like talk about this a lot, but we ran out of time. Uh, I I wish we had like more time to talk. Like uh, like we would really love to have you like come back again to see the you know the growth of like either Visual Space, you know, at the editor or just like you with your you know, uh, with your engineering with your with knowledge. Um, but but yeah, it's I I feel like um there's one thing that I I just really wanted to share with you like uh because I I feel a really strong connection between me and you because I I'm also working on a startup um with Flutter um and um and by the way like I actually need to like implement uh collaborative editing so I'm also like looking to like I'm that I'm like totally on board to jump on and like to like you know help you work on feature and uh, learn about your code base and stuff uh, but i just have like this one thing that i want to share with you about the mvp um mm, is that yeah i feel like oh i i never i'm it's always it's never ready you know the product is never ready it's uh it's 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 never ready in your eyes and it's ready it's never ready in others eyes that you think or mm. at least for me, I, like I think, yeah. like other people is gonna sort of be dismissed, dis like dismissive, or you know, not fully understanding my product, uh, my product's potentials uh, given its current form. Um, but the I, I just want to say that like I feel like you should put it out there, like you should have some version, whether working or even not working, just put it out there, and who knows like you you might you might get traction and wh what's the worst case like right what's the worst case worst case is that it doesn't get any traction but that doesn't hit, yeah. hit you like at all right like if you don't put it out like you, you're not gonna get traction but 
the product. So there's、mm. no there's no down. There's no con. <laughs> yeah, it's like a、oh. guaranteed win for you to. It was like a guaranteed no, not lose for for you to put it out there. So like for me, like I'm super excited to try your 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 platform, but like I I couldn't like there's no way for me to try it out unless I I download your code base, and and compile、right. it, um, which I which I don't have access to. So uh, it's for for normal like user or your potential um future I I guess early adopter, um. But for example, like me, I I'm like really interested in something like this,、uh, but but I just really want to try it out. That's I, I guess that's、uh, the only thing I want to say. Like I I just really wish that your product, your your platform has like a has a beta version or a, like a really early alpha version online. Like no matter how stripped down it is, no matter if it's even functional. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Just to that's was, yeah. Please go ahead. To, no, I just wanted to piggyback off what David was saying. Um. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, when you guys say summer, like you were gonna release the app, planning to release it next summer, are we talking? I'm sorry, I'm on the other side of the world. Are we talking mid 2023? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's in、Is、Australia. That, yeah, mid, like mid 2023. <laughs> Is that what you? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, right. So like in like four four months this time. Um, but yeah, no, I I completely、four、agree with David. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um,、uh, I was gonna touch on just before. Yeah, we 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 wrap up uh real shortly. Um. I just wanted to say about the you were saying about you wanna your goal is a hundred k users, and I was thinking about this a lot for my, like for my YouTube channel where like setting a specific goal like that, um, because I did that in the past where like okay I want to achieve a hun- like a hundred k subs by end of this year or something like that, um, and once that year ends I either hit it or I didn't, and so there's nothing really it's in my control. And the I really like this idea of instead of rule like specific output goals, um, but rather you can specify the input input goals. Like I can I can I can never actually control. All right, I'm gonna get a hundred k, and then once that ha- once that doesn't happen, like like you you're gonna stop or like we're gonna continue or <laughs> you know what I mean. So I agree with David of like even just getting hundred users like that's. You know that's like considered a success, and I mean again, just to piggyback what he was saying, I would love to use it, and even like I said at the beginning of the podcast, one of the main,、uh, one of the main sort of goals of this podcast I want to do is to, you know, help other Flutter developers get that app out there, and you know I am gonna ask you like to share your links and you know so that people can check it out, and you know that could be the germ like the genesis of the you know like it just. Yeah, a few users, like five or ten users, even just starting to go on the website.、Um, so yeah, like yeah. you know, I, I really, I really, I really like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> Andrea is working on. By the way, for the、uh, for the audio listeners,、um, Andrea Andrea is working on uh, a um, a, um, a a you know this visual you know, visual space um, you know platform, and he's also you know building this Discord channel. And I've been on his Discord channels meetings. Right. Uh, mm. Which he hosts every Saturday at uh, is it is it eight um p eight uh UTC eight AM UTC four 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 PM UTC four four PM UTC every Saturday、yes. uh yeah. on his Discord channel which is which is linked below this YouTube、uh, YouTube video、yeah. um I've been on a, a couple of times I think three or four times it's actually really like informational like there's a lot of information a lot of like really good knowledge on on、um, coding practices and Flutter architecture and stuff. That Andrea is giving,、um, I I would definitely recommend checking that out.、Um, you guys feel free to like go there and like it, it's 
I I would say like don't feel nervous about uh you know joining and be like you know going onto a voice channel and like talking. It's actually very it's very chill. So so yeah. Uh uh, feel free to fill 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 in more about like your Discord channel, um, Andrea. But we're good. We're definitely gonna like link it below. Yeah. What do you have any yeah. uh do you have any other you know social media or anything you want to plug for people to check out? We can link it below. For now, I would say like. Definitely, Discord is the place to go. Um, okay. You are going to get the latest news of what we are doing with VS. Definitely, I was always, you know, lately, lately I've been thinking very hard how to release it in stages. And one idea would be to release the posts and the articles ahead of mm -hmm. the other features and include some of our own content about, you know, Flutter development in this platform itself, right? So to use this platform to already build some content to showcase what it can do in terms of like content itself, right? So if you want to stay in the loop with this development, definitely join the Discord server and uh, mm -hmm. all there on the Discord, you'll find also people willing to help you out in Flutter, you know, questions. I'll be able to also help out once in a while. I do have to, you know, <laughs> conserve my energy because <laughs> I have limited <laughs> time. But uh, when there's somebody in desperate need of like debating some architecture, then I'm most happy to help, you know. Otherwise, uh, simpler uh, questions, they will be taken care of by my own colleagues. So <laughs> no worries awesome. about this. Yeah, so definitely very good advice to, you know, like attempt to release it as soon as possible to mm. get as soon as possible input. That's what every single business, you know, a co a consultant will tell you or whoever is like guide for you. And that's also my desire to get it out there as soon as possible. Right now it's read only. If you land in the <laughs> in the landing page, then it's like it's empty, but just select the first space and you're going to see the mock data and everything that demonstrates what's around. And yeah, we are going to do our best to start releasing as soon as possible and mm -hmm. hit these first, uh, you know, subscribers. I'm and, excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to attempt to do as much as possible shortcuts, you know. Like, so, for example, right now, I don't have any search feature. I mean, that's okay. What's the okay. goal? Not having a that's search, okay. right? <laughs> so, I, I don't include the search. I don't have audio meetings. I don't have like many other things, right? Yeah, that's like building yeah, yeah. a car. Of like, course. What's the yeah. minimum? What's the right. minimum requirement in building mm. a vehicle that moves? Mm. Do you need the yeah. air, do you need AC? It's okay. Like we just suffer a little bit. No AC. That's okay. Yeah. Do we need yeah. a door? It's okay. We don't need a door. Do we need a ceiling? Yeah. It's okay. No ceiling. Yeah. It's like just four <laughs> wheels, it moves. That's good. People yeah, maybe that. when you maybe when you release your, you know, full uh, your first version, you can hit us up back and we can have you on at that time. Great conversation. Um, yeah, it was really good to to speak to you. And yeah, good luck with everything. And we'll put all your links below. So yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you guys next week. We'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. Peace. Cheers.